0: Welcome to the Equine Veterinary Journal Podcasts On The Hoof. Welcome to EVJ On The Hoof. This podcast will overview a paper available in the Early View section of the Equine Veterinary Journal website. It is entitled Annual Booster Vaccination and the Risk of Equine Influenza to Thoroughbred horses." The work was carried out at the Virology Unit at the Irish Equine Centre in County Kildare. The authors are Gilday, P. Lyons, R. Lyons, Gahan, Garvey and Cullinane. Equine influenza is a highly contagious respiratory disease affecting the worldwide equine population. Appropriate quarantine measures, controlled movement, strict biosecurity protocols and vaccination have all been demonstrated as valuable preventative and control strategies in minimising spread of the virus. Vaccination stimulates a protective immune response in individual horses and protects equine populations at a herd level. It has been suggested that greater than 70% of the population must be fully vaccinated in order to prevent equine influenza epidemics. Inactivated vaccines have been available since the 1960s. The authors reflect that since the introduction of a mandatory vaccination policy for thoroughbred racehorses in Ireland, no race meetings have been cancelled as a result of equine influenza. The degree to which vaccination can reduce transmission depends on several factors, such as the antigenic relatedness of the vaccine strain and the field virus, an individual's immune response to vaccination, time since last vaccination, and the network and frequency of contacts. The World Organization for Animal Health annually reviews the global equine influenza virus and makes recommendations for vaccine strain composition. Strain substitution is a lengthy and costly procedure. Therefore, vaccine companies are slow at updating their products. There is also incorrect vaccine usage and suboptimal vaccine performance in some populations. This study aimed to investigate equine influenza outbreaks that occurred among vaccinated horses in four racing yards in Ireland within a four-week period. Clinical and vaccination histories were obtained from all horses on their four affected yards. Where practical, Nasopharyngeal swabs and clotted blood samples of all horses were undertaken on a weekly basis until all horses tested negative by PCR. Morbidity was defined as the presence of at least one of the following clinical signs – nasal discharge, coughing or pyrexia. Horses with up-to-date vaccination histories were identified as those vaccinated in accordance with the Turf Club rules. This requires horses to receive their first two doses of vaccine between 21 and 92 days apart – Followed by a third vaccine dose, 150 to 215 days after the second vaccination, and an annual booster vaccination thereafter. Morbidity when vaccinated in accordance with the turf club rules was identified as vaccine breakdown. Equine influenza was diagnosed in four thoroughbred racing yards between the 8th of December 2014 and the 7th of January 2015. Viruses were identified as belonging to clade 2 of the Florida sublineage. All premises were investigated, giving a total of 118 horses. 45 developed clinical signs, of which 28 tested positive by PCR. Clinically affected horses were an average age of 3.7 years old, while those that remained healthy were an average age of 5 years old. 80 of the 118 horses had an up-to-date vaccination record, of which 27 developed clinical signs. 18 of the 27 horses had not received a booster vaccination within the previous six months and 10 of the 27 horses were due annual booster vaccination at the time of developing clinical signs. The index cases on all four premises were vaccinated in accordance with the Turf Club rules. Subclinical infection was identified in 12 horses, 11 of which had an up-to-date vaccination record. The study then details the four yards individually and the reader is directed to the paper to read about this in further detail. To summarise, Yard 1 contained a mixture of 15 horses in training and 10 breeding stock. Two days after attendance at a national hunt race meeting, two horses developed clinical signs consistent with influenza. In total, 13 horses became clinically affected. Yard 2 contained 47 flat races. Clinical signs occurred following the introduction of a batch of new arrivals with mixed vaccination histories. In total, 17 horses were clinically affected and were primarily horses early in their vaccination career. All nine subclinically affected horses identified in this yard had an up to date vaccination record. Yard 3 was a national hunt yard containing 13 horses. The source of infection on these premises was unknown. Three horses developed clinical signs and a further three were subclinically affected. Yard 4 was a national hunt yard containing 33 horses split over two premises. Two horses attended breeze up sales in the UK and returned to Yard A unsold. One of the horses developed clinical signs consistent with equine influenza. A neighbouring horse was then moved to Yard B. Seven of the 23 horses in Yard A and five of the 10 horses in Yard B became clinically affected. Despite the implementation of a vaccination programme in Ireland, outbreaks occurred among horses in four racing yards in Ireland within a four-week period. Up-to-date vaccination records were available for between 40 and 87% of horses on affected yards. Disease spread was contributed to by partial vaccine compliance and the mixing of racing and other thoroughbred populations with inadequate vaccination histories. There was a lack of appropriate biosecurity following the introduction of new arrivals, as seen in Yard 2, and the return of horses from equestrian events, as seen in Yards 1 and 4. Other studies have also identified this as a contributing factor to disease spread. The movement of horses within premises facilitated onwards disease transmission in two yards. In yard one, horses sharing a single airspace and those in close proximity to the index case were at greater risk of contracting equine influenza. Aerosol transmission over short distances was implicated in virus spread during the first outbreak of equine influenza in Australia in 2007. Subclinical infection was identified in 12 horses included in this study these horses may have permitted undetected disease spread. The majority of horses in three of the four yards were due an annual booster vaccination at the time of the outbreak. Traditionally, this takes place just before Christmas, which may have contributed to the seasonal pattern of equine influenza observed during this and previous outbreaks and may trigger high-risk periods for virus transmission. Vaccine breakdown was observed across all products in 34% of horses with an up-to-date vaccination record. This included the index case or cases on all four yards. At the time of the study, no vaccines containing a clay 2 virus were available. Vaccine breakdown was observed primarily among young horses which had not received a booster vaccination within the previous six months and also among horses three months after their third vaccination, a period previously identified as high risk. The time since last vaccination was identified as an important factor during previous equine influenza outbreaks. The results of this study suggest that current vaccine preparations provide suboptimal long-term protection to young horses early in their vaccination career. To summarise, this study highlights some of the weaknesses in the current equine influenza control programme for thoroughbred racehorses in Ireland. It shows the suboptimal performance of existing vaccines and the urgent need for vaccine companies to adhere to recommendations made by the World Organisation for Animal Health. This study suggests that increasing the frequency of booster vaccinations may be beneficial, particularly in young horses. Thank you for listening and we hope that you will join us next time. Thank you for listening to this Equine Veterinary Journal podcast. More on the subjects discussed can be found online at wileyonlinelibrary.com forward slash journal forward slash